Mike Counter Show is back on 102.5 The Bone. It's the Mike Count, the show. It's 1025 The Bone. That's uh, Fozzie right there. Lights go out. That right there is the artist formerly known as Moon Goose McQueen. Let's welcome back our friend Chris Jericho to the show. How are you, buddy? Hey, man. What's going on? How you doing? Uh, no, no BS. This is your best album. This album is fantastic. Well, I appreciate it, man. Um, it's been great. The, the whole Judas effect, as I call it, ever since it came out last May, has taken us to uh, a totally different... Oh, you're breaking up. Can you hear us? It's our third top 20 single uh, off the record, and uh, the tour has been going We're headed to Orlando now. I'm looking out the window of the tour bus. We're somewhere in the middle of a Florida highway, uh, making our way to Tampa for tomorrow night as well. So it's a little Florida loop. It's going to be really exciting for sure. Uh, Chris Jericho and his band Fozzie are going to be playing the Orpheum for the first time in Ebor City tomorrow night. I highly recommend if you like rock music, if you like metal music, if you like uh, a genre that was once dying, uh, this is one of the bands that has still maintained a long career in playing metal music. This is a really good album. I'm not I'm not lying. I'm not, oh, yeah. This is not because Chris Jericho is a great wrestler. This is good music, and if I heard it anywhere else, I'd be uh, super impressed with it. Um, I, I, what I want to know is at what point... Did other bands, which album or what tour did other bands start taking you guys seriously? Because in the beginning, you were like, maybe we'll get on a festival. And now you're like doing shows with Metallica. I mean, you're legit now. Yeah, I mean, it was always the bands that kind of accepted us uh, in a lot of ways before kind of the mainstream did. Because the guys of my band are all killers. So Rich Ward on guitar is one of the, the guys that, you know, Zach Wilde is a huge fan of Rich Ward. Dimebag Daryl is a huge fan. Uh, you know, Gary Holt from Slayer. So we always kind of have that street cred with the other bands because of the musicians in it. I think once um, the Sin and Bones record came out in 2012, that's when, you know, we started getting some radio play. Uh, the last album, Do You Want to Start a War with Lights Go Out, which you played, was kind of the breakthrough. That was our first top 30 song. But it was Judas, the song that really kind of, open the doors for us. It was like the right song at the right place at the right time. It did a million views on YouTube in a week. Uh, it went to number five on the, on the rock charts. And it was just one of those songs. It's like our career-defining song. It's like our Enter Sandman or You Shook Me All Night Long or something along those lines. It's the song that people know is Fozzie. And it was, you know, the elusive hit single. And once you get that, um, things change. Yeah. And, and it changes for the better. So I think this album has been a real day of reckoning for us to where now, like you mentioned, we are in the loop with the Shinedowns and the Godsmacks, the Disturbs, and all those type of bands. And to have, like I said, three top 20 singles and, and probably, at the end of the day, three top 10 singles off of one record is pretty huge in this day and age. What's the dude's name that you grew up with that plays with Slash? Brett? Uh, Brett Fitz, yeah. So I was talking to him a couple of years ago after the Slash show at the House of Blues, and he said, yeah, he goes, uh, Jericho and I used to daydream. He wanted to be a wrestler, and I wanted to be a rock star, and then one week he wanted to be a rock star, and he's like, 
and here it worked out. He's like, I'm in rock bands, and he does both. Yeah. And, I, and he's like, anything to get out. And uh, and you've, now I, t- I tell you this all the time, but you've done, what What do you want to do that you haven't done? You've got best-selling books. You are a, uh, the, the top of your game in wrestling. You're killing it with the band. You are a game show host, for the love of God. What do you What do you want to do that you haven't done yet? It's not really about that, Mike. I mean, for me, I always wanted to be in a rock band, and I wanted to be a wrestler. Those were kind of my two dreams. And when both of those happened, you know, at a high level, then everything else kind of falls into place after it because you become dangerous once you achieve these goals and become fearless. Like, I'll try anything and do anything now because I know I can make it work. Um, you know, people say all the time, if you had to choose just one one of those things, what would you do? And I, my answer is, I don't have to choose. Yeah, I've, I've worked my whole life on both and have made it in both. And that was kind of my uh, mindset from the time I was 13, 14 years old. So um, it's been a lot of sacrifice. It hasn't been easy. A lot of ups and downs along the way. But all these other things, whether it's a book or whether it's a podcast, whether it's acting. I mean, last time I saw you, I was filming the Kevin Smith movie in Sarasota. Um, all of those things are kind of awesome side effects of achieving these two major goals in my life of, of, of being in a band and being in the wrestling business. There's there's a lot of, uh, you know, wrestling opens doors for people. There's a lot of wrestlers who get movies, and a lot of those movies go straight to DVD kind of stuff. And then there's a couple of guys who step out. Kevin Smith was way impressed with your acting. He really liked you as an actor. Yeah, dude, I mean, that was huge for me. I mean, um, you know, I mean, Kevin Smith is one of the iconic directors of our generation. And that came about so organically. I'm, I'm friends with Kevin, and out of nowhere, he just said, what are you doing, you know, next week, your type of thing, and uh, the script for that movie. And uh, it's something we've been talking about for a while. But people always talk, oh, we should tour together. Oh, you should be in my movie. Oh, we should do this, we should do that. So... I didn't know if it would ever happen, but once he, he, he wanted to do it, he made it happen. And it was a great piece of work for me. And to get those type of compliments from Kevin Smith was above and beyond cool, you know, as a performer, as, as an actor, uh, and as a fan. So, um, you know, Kevin said, I'm a guy he's going to use in every movie after this. So <laughs> wait and see if that's the truth. But well, he, d- he, he does that. Yeah. Happen. He does that. Yeah. I mean, you uh, know, it was, it was a, very cool moment. Chris, also in one of my favorite movies oh, of all time, McGruber, would you please let Mike know <laughs> that he needs to watch? He keeps on asking, what movie should I watch? I'm taking a, a plane trip. What movie should I watch? I say McGruber. peer pressuring me. Yes, because it's hilarious. Yeah, McGruber is one of those movies, uh, when it was first released, I remember it kind of bombed in the theaters. Right. But the, the director, uh, Yorma Tacone, um, told me, he goes, this is a movie, he goes, it's not made for the theaters. He said, this is going to be a cult classic like five or ten years from now. And he was right. I get so many comments about MacGruber. Um, it is one of those movies. It's a movie that, that you look back on and go, this is really funny. It's off its rocker. It's super stupid. <laughs> but it really is something you get a lot of laughs from. Uh, and maybe not sit in a theater for 90 minutes to watch, but as a kind of a movie to watch if you you know, if you've had a couple drinks or if you had a couple uh, something to smoke or whatever it may be, <laughs> it's one of those movies you put on and have some laughs. Uh, you know, later late at night on a Saturday. Yeah, uh, and over and over again. All right. I'll, yeah, yeah, I, exactly. It's one of those movies. I'll do it uh, eventually. This is uh, <laughs> Chris Jericho. We're talking to Jericho is going to be with his band Fozzie at the Orpheum tomorrow. 
Uh, you can go get tickets there or Ticketmaster and go see the show. Um, uh, you got the cruise coming up. Are you are you excited about that? Are you like, holy crap, what did we get myself into? Because this thing, I, I don't know. It seems you might have more celebrities going than passengers at this point. Yeah, man. I mean, we've been working on this for three years. I mean, Fozzie played the Kiss Cruise back in 2015. Uh, and the moment we got off the boat, I started working on, you know, Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager. I wanted it to be a cruise that's kind of uh, definitive with what I am and what I like. Wrestling, podcasting, paranormal, comedy, uh, all that sort of thing. And um, here we are just over a month away. And it is a little bit like I can't believe it's actually happening. I just saw kind of all the final specs, the schedules, the programs, and just all that sort of stuff. And to know that all of these things happened from this idea that I had, uh, you know, here we are, man, it's almost, you know, almost sold out. We're just less than 50 cabins away from selling out the entire boat. And it's a big boat. So, That's great. you know, and once again, it's one of these things. I just had this idea and really, really wanted to work on it and make it happen. And now, you know, here it is. And it's going to be, uh, a historic vacation yeah. for everybody involved. And my uh, goal is to, to make it, you know, a, a success to where we do it on a yearly basis, just like Kiss does on The Walking Dead or Kid Rock or any of those brand-named franchise cruises. Uh, and so far, it's so good on making that happen. Well, you got you got a couple of different things. You got uh, the wrestling fans, you've got the Fozzie fans, and then you have, you know, the other folks that you've invited on the cruise. And I saw an update recently at former uh, New York Rangers grade, Ted Irvine will be on the cruise. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. My dad wants to go, and I was like, you know, I'm trying to post something every day yeah. as we get to the to the, to the you know to the nitty gritty here. And I thought, screw it, I'll put his face on there, put his name on there, advertise Ted Irvine's going to be there. If you see him on the boat, go ask him some questions about 1970s NHL. His stories are better than mine. Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I but uh, uh, part of me, I'm joking around, but the the thing that's great about that is. Um, it seems like you and your uh, family, you and your dad have a good relationship, and that's got to be a super proud moment for your dad. I mean, I've seen him sit in ringside before, and now to be on this boat uh, with all these people that are there because of you, what a great feeling that is. Well, I mean, my dad's always been super supportive, you know, even back when I was, like you said, a, a teenager telling him I want to go into wrestling. And at the time, you know, in the late 80s, to say you wanted to go into wrestling was basically the equivalent of saying you wanted to join the circus and become a sword swallower or something. <laughs> you know, I want to go be a mime. Um, he was always really into it and really supportive because he know he knew what it was like to follow your dreams. You know, he started playing pro hockey at 17 years old, dropped out of high school with his dad's permission, uh, ended up in the NHL for 10 years. So he, he knew what it was like to, to go for that. And he was always very supportive. And even when I had no money and then, you know, I was living off of gas station food and all this sort of stuff. He, he was always very uh, into it, and that made a big difference. You know, when your parents are kind of supporting you when you have these crazy dreams, it makes a big difference. And someone sure. going, you know, you need, to, you need to get a real job, kid, and drop this stupid fantasy of yours. So uh, he, he was great in, in doing that for me, and, and it's never stopped. continued on ever since. And by the way, I follow you on Instagram. You are rich now, but you still eat gas station food. You are constantly in gas stations. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I'm eating those bean burritos anymore, but uh, <laughs> yeah, constantly in gas stations. You know, like you said, life on the road. We've been on this Fozzie tour for five weeks now. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of late night gas station stops. And most of the time I avoid it because I've had a couple of vodkas. I always go in there and get a 
Hostess cherry pie and some hard-boiled eggs or something like that. Good <laughs> at the time. Not good when you wake up in the morning, for sure. <laughs> Pickled pig's feed. Gas station uh, hard-boiled <laughs> eggs. That's where it's at. Yeah. When you, for three weeks. <laughs> when you decide uh, to take time off from wrestling, what do you what do you do? Do you have a meeting or do you just go, okay, my contract's up Tuesday. It's my last day. Like, what is that? What is that like? And then they, then you go, all right, we'll talk to you in, a, in six months and see if you want to come back for a little while. I mean, basically, that's it. I mean, uh, I haven't been full-time in wrestling since 2010. Fozzie's been the priority. Uh, I'm doing some work with New Japan Pro Wrestling this year. Um, but other than that, yeah, if, if I have a chunk of time to come back and, and, and want to do some stuff, I'll, I'll make the call. And if we can come up with something that's interesting, then I'll do it. Um, but for me, you know, I still enjoy wrestling and have fun with it. But if I never wrestled again, it wouldn't bother me. You know, it's all about, um, you know, moving forward and doing new things, being creative. And, yes, I still enjoy being a part of the WWE or New Japan or whatever it may be. Um, but it has to be, the timing has to be right. What, what's the over-under that somebody's going over the side of the, the cruise on purpose? Like during... okay, we're, not even allowed, we're not even allowed to say that. Oh. Like, uh, yeah, from, from what I understand, it's pretty much instant death when that happens, so. Even all the videos that we've had with people, oh, we're throwing over the edge, just like edit that out. You can't do it. <laughs> Don't mention it. Don't say it. That's a very serious uh, no-no with the cruise people. So no one will be doing that. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, I found out the hard way. Don't throw a bottle off the ship either while you're on it. They don't like yep. that. So, uh, what did you do? Did it break? Oh, no. We, were, we weren't even on a cruise. We were on one of those. Uh, we did a New Year's Eve party on one of those Starship cruises. And yeah. uh, I was, we were, the, our band was playing on the cruise and I was smashed and I was like, Hey, and I had an empty and I just looked around and I just whipped it off the side. Then everybody started doing it and they were like, all right, you guys aren't welcome back anymore. So we are <laughs> oh, banished. Okay. See you later, buddy. Yeah. yeah ban- not, not, not good. Not good. So, um, but yeah, man, like, like I said, it's, it's going to be a blast. I'm really excited about it. The fact that it's almost here, it does freak me out because there's not a lot of people that can say they have their own cruise. Um, so it's a very terrible thing because it's really hard to do. But now that we're almost here, it's just another day in the life of, uh, of Chris Jericho. Is it the like we go on our cruise? We're going on our twelfth cruise one week from today, and uh, it seems like as it gets closer, the time moves incredibly slower. Like it can't get here fast enough. Well, I mean, like I said, I got to finish up this tour uh, as it is, and I still got a couple of little dips and doodles that I have to do before October twenty seventh. But um. You know, it's coming, and and uh, I always have so much stuff going on that I'll worry about that, you know, in a couple of weeks when all these other things are done. So, yeah. um, but I do, like I said, I did see the schedule for it. I'm going to be super busy. I got podcasts and Fozzie shows, and uh, I'm marrying somebody, and I got to take 500 pictures with people, and, you know, it's going to be a, uh, a busy few days for sure. Well, I'll tell you, I, you'll have a ball, I'm sure, and I'm glad it's been successful. The band is great. Uh, the the each album gets better and better. This new album, I had this the single from the new album. You sent it to me before it came out, and we played the hell out of it for Jorner music. And uh, you really, I've watched the band go from the Moon Goose McQueen days all the way up until now. So go see Chris Jericho and his band Fozzie at the Orpheum tomorrow night uh, in Ebor City. I promise you'll like it if you're a fan of good music. And I'm glad that you're having such success, buddy. And uh, we hope to. I'm sorry, Christmas scheduled to come in tomorrow, right? And then I have to go out of town today. So I uh, appreciate you you making a, a phone call for us, and uh, we'll definitely catch up when you get back. 
Thanks, dude. We're excited, man. It's, it's rock and roll with a smile. We're, we're uh, it's energy, it's electricity, and it's a lot of fun. And that's what rock and roll is all about. And that's what Mike Cult is all about. Fun, baby. Damn a right. Big bag of fun. That's you, what you are. Let me just tell you real quick. You know, I think about you twice a week, every week, no doubt. Uh, when I was a kid, I was watching Johnny Carson one time, and Johnny Carson did this thing about brushing your teeth. He did surveys, and he said, how many people put water on their toothbrush before they brush? Uh-huh. And and he said, you know, less than half people do that, and they made a big deal. And every day I brush my teeth, I think about that. That crosses my mind. So every uh, every Sunday and every th- uh, Wednesday, I think about you because I asked you one time, out of all these things you've done, you've been successful, how do you stay grounded? You said because... On every Tuesday and Thursday, my wife tells me to throw the garbage, and I thought that's it. So now, as I'm wheeling the as I'm wheeling the garbage to the curb, I'm like, look at me, number one radio guy. I'm a superstar taking the garbage to the curb like Chris Jericho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Mr. All right, Mr. Number One in your demographic, go take the garbage. Stop saying demographic. I'm number one across the board. Yeah, always try to belittle my success. Hey, easy, easy, calm down. I didn't say you were number one on the independent metal charts. <laughs> All right, pal. Have a great show, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Thanks, guys. We'll see you tomorrow night in Tampa at the Orpheum. Have a good day. See you, buddy. There you go. Chris Jericho. Seriously, he was... I remember when he said that, and it rings true every time we're wheeling the garbage out. No matter how big your head gets, when your wife looks at you and goes, throw the garbage, and you have to go there and something slimy is dripping out of a plastic bag, and you have to get on your hands and knees and clean it, you think, this is who I am. This not that guy. It's this guy. This is who, who I am I now. Am. It's it. funny. Listening to Jericho, he could easily do a good Lars Ulrich. Oh, yeah. 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 He's got a little bit there. He's got that uh, Canadian twinge. Yeah. And Lars has got that Swedish thing or wherever he's from. Denmark, yeah. Then same thing. Weird. Danish. Uh, all right. I must take a break because two things. One, I got to make a pee-pee. And two, we're going to talk to this lady whose name I never know, but I will know it by the time she's on yes. the air. Dorothy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Caval- Cavallo? Carvel uh, close, yeah. Like Carvel ice cream mm. with a low at the end. She was the uh, first A&R rep for Atlantic Records. She worked with Ahmet Erdogan, who was played by Booger in the Ray Charles movie, mm-hmm. if you saw that. And, and that Booger representation was great. He seemed like a nice little old Jewish man who wanted to see Ray Charles have some success and, you know, started a small family label. But man, when you hear the stories this lady has <laughs> about him having hookers and cocaine and yeah. the things she had to do, I remember when Galvin was telling the story. I was like, "Man, I can't wait to read this book." Well, I got the book, and she's going to join us when we come back. It's the Mike Calta Show. It's one zero two five. The Bone. The Mike.